Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Friday, October the 6th. Bring it on. Yes, yes, yes. More, 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 more applause. No, I'm just joking. Uh, on the show today, uh, we're going to tell you about an interesting collaboration of, um, of local agencies that have come together all in the interest of creating more diversity uh, and opportunities in business for the city's black residents um, and people of color. That's coming up uh, in our second hour. Uh, right now, let's bring in our contributing analyst, James Patterson, and... Sky, Sky, we got one more. We got one more. We have a special guest today here. Don't he do it. two two times in in a week. I mean, Don't that's got to be a record. Yeah, uh, our hey, our regional VP Dion Levingston is here with us. We got the Dion song. I knew she. That's why I said, "Don't do it." Thank you. Thank you <laughs> Dion Sky. said, "Don't, don't do, do it." it. Don't okay, do we it. won't do the Dion thing. Hey, I just wanted to slide in here and thank you, everybody, that showed up this morning, and thank you, thanks, Erica Campbell. And thank Griff, mm -hmm. thank um, Demetrius West, thank Lamar mm -hmm. Campbell, mm -hmm. um, and our whole staff. Um, wow. Thank uh, Miss Pat and Cynthia Country Kitchen. Um, oh yeah, uh, how was that? Thank, it was it was excellent. Thank um, Christian and Nicole um, and Kim at the Walker, because mm -hmm. um, the Walker is just a great place to be at with all the all the heritage mm -hmm. and history for. A national show, and Erica did her show nationally this morning, and it sounded amazing, mm -hmm. like it does every time it comes from Indianapolis. We are so spoiled and gifted to have national gospel acts of the quality of whether it's Randy or Demetrius or Dr. Scott, or it's Lamar. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm and i sure I miss some people, so please don't call or text me, y'all. I, I, I know I miss somebody. Mm -hmm. i just been up since early this morning because we did a <laughs> 6 o'clock live broadcast across the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it, it sounded phenomenal. Um, I had uh, duties this morning, so I couldn't, couldn't be convenient. there this morning. Scott, but that was convenient. You had duties this morning. I, I did. I had daycare duties this morning. Oh, okay. But, right. um, you, got, you got a good one. Yeah, I had daycare duties this morning. But last night was phenomenal as uh, well. Amazing. And I was um, there for that. I was able to go You were there that. for that. Erica Campbell did an amazing job. Wasn't that great? It was amazing. Thank New Direction and Pastor Sullivan for um, for hosting mm -hmm, us. Mm -hmm. And just an amazing job. Um my so so what you're I, I want to talk about the debate, but you're talking about mm -hmm. um, duties. So my daughter um, mm -hmm. dropped her two, and I talked about this before. My, we told my daughter not to get a dog. She got two dogs. <laughs> of course, the way it works. Don't get one. Don't get a dog. So she gets two. two okay. <laughs> so we are so so, and of course, my wife is working this weekend. Uh -huh. So hence. I'm a dog setter. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't volunteer. I know. 
Yeah. But I'm dog yeah. said. Yeah. You'll do it. That, that, that's the that's the mindset. Well, they'll do it. Mom will do it. Dad will do it. You know, that's that's just what they think. I actually so. love doing it. Yeah. I ain't even gonna play it off. I, I'm gonna complain uh-huh. the whole time, but I actually <laughs> love doing it. Yeah. Hey, so we're ready. Uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing we've been working on it hard. Uh, all in fact, just seconds ago, uh, another mini meeting was taking place here in the studio about the debate. A meeting prior to that this morning, about an hour ago, and then before that. So we are working hard on this debate that's coming up Sunday, uh, the mayoral debate, uh, Jefferson Shreve and and Joe Hogsett. Uh, it should be a good one, Dion. Five o'clock um, mm-hmm. on TLC AM FM and Hot. Across all of our streaming platforms and across the recorder streaming, um, recorders Facebook, Instagram, and website, I believe mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've we put a lot of time, a lot of effort. It's just about getting people informed before they vote. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, you know, the opportunity to 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 let people see and and have a, you know, because a couple of people stopped me last night, as a matter yeah. of fact, and talked about how uh, how great they thought it was. I forgot to tell you that how good they thought it was that we were doing that. No, they did. They really did. I'm really excited by mm-hmm. it. Um, Sky Sky and I were just talking. Mm-hmm. Um, these ads are woo. Mm. The gloves are off. Oh my goodness! The gloves uh, are off right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're spending money like it's water. Yeah, uh, they I'm, are spending money like it's water. Because well, I'm not going to complain about that. So. Well, no, but I even the but the production of them is not cheap. You know, I, you're That's talking what I'm about the, the gloves are off. They're there. Yeah. There, uh, I mean, so I mean, and it's, uh, I mean, it's the largest city in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Everybody understand, city of Indianapolis, Marion County, mm-hmm. is larger than the forty-five smallest counties in the state of Indiana combined. Mm. So, I mean, this is a big job. Yeah, um, Dion. Uh, someone has a question. Ron has a question for you about Indy's population. Oh, okay. Go, go ahead, Ron. Uh, Dion, I love you, Tina. You already know I love you. If James is there somewhere, I love him too. Um, Dion, you co- you make a comment about majority minority, and I don't know that I understand how that is uh, being used. So I, I want to okay. understand that. So, in the city of Indianapolis, this um, it's about thirty percent African American, mm-hmm. um, a little under twenty percent um, Hispanic. And then when you take in um, other minorities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it goes up to like 51 or 52 percent. Some depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking at, what census, what survey, how you do it. So at that point, the majority of the city are minorities. Um, so when I say majority minority, I just say that this city is very diverse in its sense. And now it's at a point where black and brown and Asian and Indian now uh, encompass more of the city um, um, than its general. And when we say general in, a, in our business, we mean um, white population. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not that the blacks in are, are singularly the majority minority or or control the quote numbers in Indianapolis? No. Combination of all of the minorities. All the minorities and by far the African American black whichever yeah, whichever number you whichever way you want to say it is by far the largest minority of those minorities. Thank you so very much for clearing that up for me. Yep, yep. Thanks. Yeah, um 
and that other, I think it's close to like 3% other. Is that yeah. right? Is that about right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know that that other is Asian, yeah. is um, uh, Indian. Uh, yeah. It's a whole, I mean, it's a mixture. Yeah. And the Asian population is growing as well in Indianapolis. Um, and um, mm-hmm. um, depending on what side of town you are, I mean, the Haitian population is growing like crazy in the yeah. city right now. You know, the fastest growing uh, population for a minute there was the Chin, well, Burmese. Uh, Burmese. Burmese, yeah. Yeah, Burmese population is, is Ch- we, have, we yeah. have one of the largest Burmese populations in the country, yeah. in Indianapolis, yeah, if people didn't know that. For whatever reason, with yeah. Indianapolis. Did you know that, James? Yeah, I mean, Shin? you guys really laid out. But we gotta, we got to include the border right now. I mean, I can't believe the people pouring over our southern border. I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm on Fox News, but I, I was just <laughs> looking at the pictures. And what's the administration going to do now? They're going to try to return some five to seven million Venezuelans, you guys, because they are really surging up here. So those people are going to make their way just to kind of localize it to what you were talking about to Indiana and to Indianapolis. They are already doing that. We're seeing that at our grocery stores. So we've got people coming in and uh, that's going to add to the minority majority that Dion was speaking of. Yeah, and uh, Indianapolis, I mean, in fact, no city in the state of Indiana, by virtue of the Indiana State Legislature, can set itself up as a sanctuary city. So yeah. we are not yeah. a sanctuary city. So, you know, we're not a sanctuary they're, they're state. Or sanctuary city. Anyway, they're still pouring in here anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. And, well, and I mean, that's language. <laughs> that's language people use to, when they start talking about sanctuary city. Mm-hmm. I, I, um. We have some unique challenges and unique battles in Indianapolis right now that some are not unique to Indianapolis and some are. And I hope that um, we can bring those issues forward on um, Sunday. I I know when I go out, there are a couple of things I hear over and over and over again from people. They want to feel safe. They want, to feel, they want to feel like when their kids leave their house, their kids are going to make it back home. When they leave their house, they're safe. Um, they're concerned about education. They're concerned about the number of charter schools we have in the city of Indianapolis and that another charter school just failed. Um, yeah, it's supposed to close by the middle of this month, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, concerned, they're concerned about the homeless population in the city, and, um, and it's, it continues to, to, to grow. At least it appears it continues to grow. They're concerned about rent prices in the city. I, I mean, my daughter tells me all the time how much she pays for rent. Um, they're concerned about their neighborhoods they live in because the property value has gone up in those neighborhoods, that their taxes have gone up so much that they that people on fixed income can't afford to pay their taxes. They're concerned about food deserts. We, we I mean, we're one of the top five cities in America as far as food deserts and not having access um, to um, quality health food and with a reasonable distance from where some people live. I mean, and Tina, I don't think I've said anything that the callers to this show haven't said, but I can tell you as I go out and as I talk to people in the community and as I move um, throughout the community, those are concerns that are echoed over and over and over again. Yeah. And uh, education always, never, without a a doubt, education is huge. And, um, yeah, everything you listed, Dion, and all of those are going to be covered uh, in the debate. They'll all be covered in the debate. um, And we, this is all I say. I don't care who you vote for. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't care why you vote for them. Just vote. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just vote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that, a... that's people, I mean, you had majority council leader, county council leader, Maggie Lewis on the other day. Mm-hmm. She was saying that right to vote is precious and you know, it goes back to the blood. The blood was paid for it. So yeah, well, we got we got to find a way to engage voters with something other than what we've been saying, though, because uh, yeah, some some of those are just you know those uh, examples are falling on deaf ears. We gotta we gotta keep we gotta keep looking. Not not that that's not true, and not that that's not the case, but we we gotta keep looking for more ways to engage uh, more of our voters, especially. Um, our young voters and I, uh, yeah, she's, well, we, we know, we know that they show up when they feel like their interests are. Yeah. When there's something for them. I mean, they did so with Obama twice in 2008 and 2012. Mm -hmm. They did so in 2020. Uh, the young people showed up when Biden, uh, beat Trump. They did so in 22 Mm -hmm. when the red wave, so-called red wave never materialized. They're listening. Um, but they just got to be motivated and educated to know that their interests are vital and important. Look what happened in, in Congress when one person was able to mm-hmm. bring down a Speaker of the House, and now we're pretty much just listless. You know, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing happening there. Yeah, rudderless. That's, that's basically what they wanted, though. Yeah, and James, I've come in here for, Tino tell you, for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. We do not have a voter registration problem in the city of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We do not have a voter registration problem in the city of Indianapolis. We have a voter turnout problem. We vote, I think it was in the single digits in the primary for African-American it, it voters. It definitely was in the single digits. I, I can look it up. I used to have it right here in front I, of me. I mean, we have <laughs> a voter turnout single problem. Digits, yeah. And I came in here a couple of weeks ago and I laid it out to where these mm-hmm. campaigns look at it. I mean... Um, Shreve knows he needs to cut away 10 to 20 percent of the black vote to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Hogsett knows that he needs to get um, African-Americans to the poll, period, because they're, they're going to deliver him a large voting base. Um, and it's, we talked about this, Tina, when you were talking about both ads using black women. Mm-hmm. The reality is, brothers, black women vote <laughs> more consistently than us, and they vote more Democratic. So if you're a campaign on both sides, if you're a campaign on the Democratic side, you want to make sure black women get to the poll to vote. Mm -hmm. And if you're on um, the Republican side, you want to try to cut as many black women out Mm -hmm. as you can so you can get some of them to vote for you. Mm -hmm. And and that's what it is. And, And both parties realize that, Shreve's trying to cut out as many as he can, and Hogsett realizes he needs black folks to get out and vote in and, and real numbers. Yeah. And if that happens, then um, it, it's the dynamic of the campaign, but it doesn't, to what both of you just said, it doesn't matter unless you're going to go vote, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's why I've never been big on all these voter registration drives. Everybody, everybody five seconds is like, hey, you need to do a voter registration drive. No, we don't. We need to, get, we need to do a get-out-to-vote drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Working on it. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I mean, I don't want to let the, too much out of the bag, but working on it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of get out to vote, um, Indigo announced a couple of days ago, as per their usual, that they will be providing free transportation all day on election day. Indy, so election day, 
Indigo free rides. Which is great. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, and I know we it changed a couple of years ago. Republicans changed. I shouldn't say Republicans. It changed a couple of years ago as far as access to um, to the number of polling spots that mm-hmm, were there mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how you can get people to the poll. Yeah. So, um, but, um, yeah, we just need to, people just need to get out to vote. Uh, that's it. We just need to get out to vote and, and, and have your vote be heard. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't, it, it should be a reflex as opposed to, you know, or having to constantly urge and, and pull and convince. It should be an automatic reflex. You know, vote, election day. Every day. Every, yeah, you know, My every kids time. vote. My kids from yeah. the time, as soon as, they, as soon as they could vote, mm-hmm. they've been told vote. So mm-hmm. it's just been ingrained in them to go Mine vote. Mine too. Mine too. I mean, they, yeah. they, 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 sometimes they beat me to the punch. I know, I know I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm going, you know, because they don't want me in their ear, you know. They know that's and and hopefully at some point in time when they have children, you know, well, yeah. you know, they'll they'll do the same and and put it there. But yeah, they know to vote, uh, they know to go. And our uh, job is to inform you. So hopefully yeah. you will tune in Friday as I slide out of here, my, or Sunday. Sunday. You can tell I've been up since um, some <laughs> hour this morning for that live broadcast. Thank you, Erica, mm-hmm. so much. Thank you, Griff. Thank you, Demetrius. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Lamar. Um, thank you, Christian. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, uh, Walker. Thank you, uh, Ms. Mm-hmm. Pat. Thank you, Cynthia and Country Kitchen. We have some really, really special people in Indianapolis. Absolutely. And thank you all for all you do for our community. And thank you for coming out to, to support us and help us do that um, Sunday. The album release, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Album release yeah. Thursday night. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm tired. That's thank okay. you, Pastor Sullivan and yeah. New Directions Church, for the album release on Thursday night. Yeah. And um, please tune in, whether you're tuning in to this station Thursday 1310, mm-hmm. um, 95, 92, whether you're tuning in to WTLC FM 106.7, whether you're tuning in to Hot 100.9, whether you're tuning into our Facebook, Instagram, website, whether you're tuning into the recorders, um, Facebook or um, website, please, from five to six, mm-hmm. watch the debate. And then we're going to do something uh, really, uh, I'm really excited about too. Tina has six, um, Tina has six voters, two Republicans, two Democrats, two independents, right? And they're going to have a talk back. They're going to talk about what they heard for the last um, hour Mm -hmm. and let you know how it influenced them, what they think. And we made sure it's not party leaders or anybody Mm -hmm. like that. No, no fish. It's everybody like everybody listening to us right now. Um, People who are concerned about their city. And you can hear what their thoughts are of of the debate on all of our Mm -hmm. airways right after the debate as well. Yeah, right after we've got the room is ready now. The room is Absolutely. ready. Everything, you know, the, the studios are ready. Rooms are all we have to do is just hit the button and go. Hit it. And, and like <laughs> we, we say, vote. we don't care who you vote for. Just vote. Just vote. We just yeah. want to get you informed so you can vote. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Dion. Thanks for all you yep. do, because it's a it's a Herculean effort. This week has been amazing uh, and uh, in terms of everything that, that we have been doing in the community and uh, capping it off with the debate is, uh, I think, is going to be just absolutely fantastic. So we're really, really looking forward to that. Yep. Um, yep. All righty. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank yeah. you. Uh, James, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tina. Yeah, yeah doing wonderful. It's a you know, beautiful Friday and uh, end of the week for most people. I know they're looking forward to some time off, most of them. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, I'm doing, doing excellent. 
Hey, 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 hey. Doing excellent, doing excellent. I tell you what, what about the weather, James? Oh, the weather is going to be perfect for a time, um, you know, especially this afternoon. If you like, you know, to be outside and be comfortable in, in uh, warm air, um, this is your, your, your last chance for, for a few days, you know, three, four days or so, because we've got a cold front dropping down. It's going to drop our temperatures uh, to highs in the 50s. Um, and we will get some, some clouds uh, coming in later today and, and, and some chances of precip, not like we had yesterday when everybody got rain pretty much all day, but there will be a chance for spotty showers around as this front comes through. But the most thing it's going to do is drop our temperatures and our overnight temperatures. Folks uh, may have to uh, get their uh, furnaces fired up or their, their heaters or fireplaces or whatever tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow, over the weekend, because we're scheduled to be in the 50s, uh, and we, this low is going to be spinning for a while, so the clouds will be in and out. It'll be mostly cloudy sometimes, partly cloudy, um, but yeah, we're going to have a change for the next uh, four days, I'd say at least, uh, and then by the middle of the week, uh, we're headed back up uh, towards the 70-degree mark, so uh, it's just a little dip of, of cold air, and you know, don't freak out. <laughs> it's not Christmas time yet, so I don't see any snow in the forecast, so you'll be all right. Yeah. You say it's not Christmas time yet, but hey, have you seen some of the stores? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> some oh, of the yeah. stores will tell yeah. you differently that it, well, of course it's Christmas right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they just leapfrog right over uh, Thanksgiving, but they do. And remember, I told you the earliest that I've ever seen um, was like mid-July, and this year, and I thought I brought that up to you, but anyway, in mid-July, there was a Christmas display at a retailer. Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, mid-July. In July. In July. I mean, yeah. I've heard of Christmas in July, you know, sort of the themes. Uh-huh, yeah, movies the, yeah. and different things like that, Christmas in July. Well, this exactly. was actually, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot, but I mean, wrapping paper, bulbs, different things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, so, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because retailers, retailers are trying to anticipate what's going to happen um, with interest rates so high, food prices high. Now, fuel prices have been high the past few weeks, but I can tell people mm. now that I've learned, um, you know, over the last few hours that fuel prices actually are coming down. They're going to begin to come down somewhat. We hope that food prices stay the same. But um, did you hear that jobs report today, Tina? Yeah, double what they anticipated. Uh, uh, you know, I yes. Um, exactly. The economy is booming. You know, the U.S. has the largest economy in the world. And, mm -hmm. and when the American economy does well, it has a ripple effect throughout the whole globe. Mm -hmm. You know, there were added by U.S. employers 336,000 jobs, you know, in September. That was last month. That's the largest gain in nine months since January. Yeah. The economy, the economy continues to gain strength. There are more than 1.5 jobs, more than one mm -hmm. per person for anybody who is, is looking for a job. Yeah. And the, the growth is, is partly fueled by brisk consumer spending. I mean, we were talking about this the other day when we said, you know, discretionary spending and we're talking about, I think Kevin called in and he was saying, you know, um, you know, people need to 
Um, you know, be careful what they do and, 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 and watch what they spend. And, you know, um, I think what he said, what he, what he meant was, you know, uh, people can't, you know, people can't blame uh, their victims. He used the word victims when they've got all this money to spend. They're going to theaters. They're going to restaurants. So get back to your point. Uh, the, the stores and the merchants and the businesses are waiting to see what people are going to do uh, this, this winter uh, because wages are actually up, hourly wages, 4.2%. We've got a 3.8% unemployment, Tina. 3.8%, that's record unemployment. That is full employment by any gauge. They hope that the Fed does not raise interest rates more, which will hurt the housing market. But hey, there is no recession in sight. So yeah, Christmas in July, they're waiting and they're hoping that people are going to open their purses and their wallets this uh, shopping Christmas season. So Well, well yeah, because those jobs added, I think that what were they expecting between 115,000 to 150,000? And that report today, more blew, yeah, near, more, near, yeah, doubled. It blew it out of the water. So um, I don't, what did that do to stocks? I haven't checked the stock market. Uh, it, it has raised them. They're, it's, they're up right now. At least they were at new, uh, when we came on stocks the air. Up? Okay. And the jobs gained were mostly... And in, in, across the board, leisure and hospitality, 96,000 jobs. Government, 73,000. Mm-hmm. Healthcare, even though we got that strike by um, uh, Pimente, uh, oh, yeah. Kaiser Pimente, Kaiser Permanente. healthcare gained 41,000 jobs, even though those people are saying there's not enough staff mm-hmm. and they're, they're having to outsource. Well, That's one of their problems. Yeah, the, the jobs are available. The jobs are available. It's just people to fill them. Right, you know, they're, they're, that's a different dynamic than just available that's jobs. It. That's a completely that's different it. dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yep, indeed. Hey, James, we're going to take a quick um, a quick break here, and then we come back. We'll go to open lines three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, a couple of things that happened over the course of the week. We'll be right back with more community connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And welcome back. I'm Tina Cosby, Community Connection. James Patterson, our contributing analyst, is with us. It is Friday, October the 6th. Uh, Open lines and weekend review for the remainder of the hour. A couple of guests the second hour. Uh, James, uh, wow. A lot of stuff happened uh, this this past week. You know, one of the stories that captured my attention was, uh, you know, Momo the monkey. You remember that story? Yeah, I did. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And I was like, why is everybody so, you know, excited about uh, some monkey that got out of 
somebody's possession and running all over the place. But I guess it's unusual. So, yeah. Well, because who... James, they're not domestic animals. No, they're not. But, you know, Indiana allows that. I mean, you know, everything around here from leopards to, um, you know, chimpanzees to... Uh, bears, you know, just mm. they can have anything. Mm. Mm. Yes, indeed, they can have anything. <laughs> Although I think Momo uh, was taken away for a while, depending on investigation. Uh, let's see. Yesterday, unless he, they gave him back, he was in. Let's see. According to the story, he was in the custody of the Indianapolis Zoo yesterday. They took uh, authority. The, the uh, Animal control. Animal control. Yeah, took authority over him because they wanted to make sure that he was vaccinated correctly. They're checking out whether or not the owner had adhered to all of the applicable laws mm-hmm. that uh, you know requ- that re- that are required for people who own wild animals or or uh, have wild animals in their care. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that I don't. I'm not sure he is back. I, I I'm not up with that. That he is back to his owner or her owner, uh, whatever sex it is. Well, I also read that there's a possibility, I don't know how strong or likely or unlikely, it's a possibility he may never go back. Yeah, the money, monkey, money, monkey has now been turned over to Indianapolis Animal Care Services. He is currently being held under Chapter 531 at the mm-hmm. Indianapolis Zoo. Uh, this is a Fox 59 story. Mm-hmm. For veterinarian care, uh, prosecutors, uh, good point, Tina, are looking further into potential charges, although a permit is not required to have a monkey in Indianapolis. They're still looking at possible other charges uh, for this weird case. Well, the fact of the matter is, if if, uh, the star's reporting is accurate, that monkey has gotten out before. Um, as recently yeah. as July, yeah, true. Same in, same situation, exactly the same way. So, um, you know, the the monkey gets gets loose, and though, again, because they are, they're not pets, and as such, they are very very dangerous animals because they they can attack. You know, they that's right. They they can attack. So I don't know. I just you, I just you were saying was it somebody was saying that that. A monkey or a chimpanzee had attacked somebody, a woman. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, I think that was upstate New York or something a few years ago. Almost killed her. Almost killed her. Mm. In fact, she had to have an entire face transplant. That 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 baboon went, or whatever it was, went just crazy. Mm. Uh, they have unbelievable strength. They're just, um, you know, the, the it's just not, they're not, they're not meant to be. Uh, but And I, I don't have anything against animals. I just... Yeah, I mean, come. I mean, these are exotic animals. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you see them in a zoo or a, a confined setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he he jumped the fence. That this is the second time he's jumped the fence. Well, obviously, the, he's not secure. 
or no. she. I, I don't know which. I think Momo is a he. I think Momo he. Okay, yeah. he jumped the fence. So mm-hmm. obviously, that's not a secure yeah. setting to keep an exotic yeah. animal in. No, and and in a residential neighborhood with children and yeah. families, that that just makes no sense. But anyway, that was one of the, um, you know, one of the stories that uh, that that came up uh, th- this past week. Um, also, um, you know, when we were talking about the possible debate topics and food deserts, things of that nature. Indy Fresh Market opened um, uh, a little bit ago, and we were talking about uh, earlier this week that they had an open house for media to come in. But that's the uh, the Fresh Market there at uh, 38th and Sheridan. Yeah, uh, and in the middle of that food desert. Yeah, right? right in the middle of the food desert. So um, that was uh, always good news, and I was glad good we talked them. about that. And hopefully uh, it's Indy Fresh Market, 6160 East 38th Street. Uh, so, uh, hey, check them out and do your best, please, to patronize to them, them and support them. Yeah, uh, Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Tina. Hey, James. How are you guys doing? Hey, oh, Jeff. Good, how are you today, sir? Good. I don't know if you, uh, you two saw the news the other yesterday in regards to Momo. He uh, there was a a lady who was one of the neighbors of Momo's owner, and she said that a Mo- Momo came after her. I don't doubt it. Whoa! And she had to grab a chair. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't get physical. I mean, he didn't attack. You know, it was. Let's just say that uh, you know she felt the need to grab a chair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a wild and animal. He's a wild animal. Yeah, he's a wild animal. And dangerous. she was like, you know, yeah, yeah, she was pretty uh, unsettled with that whole thing. But yeah, um, yeah, these are wild animals, man. And I want to emphasize the word wild. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know. It's, um, I, you know, it, it, thank God nothing terrible would happen, you know, but. Uh, but obviously, his owner is unable to keep him restrained or keep him in a place yeah. where he can't get out or where the animal would do himself harm or others. But uh, I don't know. But, yeah, he did have a confrontation with one of the female neighbors, and she uh, she said uh, she's not a member of the Momo fan club. So, so but anyway, uh, if, if I had to ask Mr. Shreve or Ms. Uh, Mary Hodgson a question, I would ask Mr. Shreve. What is his views on diversity? Have, have anybody asked him that question? I know he was a big corporate. Uh, he's a big businessman. I mean, I like to know how many people of color and women are in high-ranking positions. That is, uh, his he he answered that question on this show, um, and I think it was a number fewer than five over the course of his uh, oh really career. Yeah, he did answer the question. He did. Oh, you know, he did have some you know high-ranking. Um, African Americans, or so he said, and um, so there, you know, that was that's what he said. You know what? You guys were talking the other day that in saying that he he sold his business for over five hundred million. Is that I think five hundred and fifty million, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you know, obviously mm-hmm. he's well funded, a well funded candidate, mm-hmm. um, and in saying that. I mean, I think voters need to take that in consideration too. I mean, we we want to know. Oh, I'm sorry. What said, it what says, do you stand for? I'm glad we're ha- you're having that forum on Sunday. What do you stand for? I don't care how much money you have, you mm. know. And I, I'm not going to be lewd by how many ads you got, how mm. slick they are. 
What yeah. are you going to do for me and my neighbors? Yeah, I had the, the figure wrong, and I will I stand corrected. Um, Shreve sold his company, Storage Express, for five hundred and ninety million dollars. Okay, last year. even you had to. I said five fifty. I have to yeah. revise upwards. So more than a half billion dollars he got for his Storage well, Express company. I I know those ads. The, the campaign ad that I guess he's been kind of I don't know so much catch you flack about where the, the gentleman mm-hmm. in the picture with it had the gun and everything and I was just wondering uh, what was the need for that in the, I mean I guess you're gonna say all right well I, I you know permit and carry law you know that's my right mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. uh, I guess the optics didn't look very good and and then when he was asked the question by the uh, the commentator he was like very lost about it but anyway i don't know i mean uh, I, you know mr shreve was a you know he was a, he was a trump supporter and uh he supported trump and uh, now he flips like he's all for you know his bands on uh mm. a woman's right to choose and his views on that uh, he, he's a little bit too medieval for me you know he says one thing and i to me that's automatically a red flag when you all of a sudden, you want to change your colors, and for me, that's a red flag. You know, okay. this is somebody can't be trusted. You know, I mean, but I you're still gonna vote, right? Pretty. You're still gonna vote. I, mean, I know he's a politician, but you know, like, uh, what did I say about Trump? And God knows I don't like Trump. You know, you know what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I, you know, I, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he's a he's a misogynist, he's a bigot, you know, he's a con artist, yeah. and he makes no bones about it. And yet these knuckleheads still follow him. But uh, you know, but but Kevin McCarthy, you know, uh, he's got to feel like the the, the the silliest man in, in the city of, in, in, in the city of Washington D.C. I, I, I mean, uh, mm. he he wanted the Democrat. The belly mouth, but then he goes on the show the next day and attacks the Democrats, and that's how I see Shree. You know, so uh, you know how you expect to throw your lifeline, and then you're going on these national networks. You're already trying to impeach the president, and which is not going to settle well for many Democrats. But uh, now I hear that it, now I hear that Republicans are trying to get rid of Matt Gates. Have you guys heard anything about that? Um, yeah, there's been ideas about expelling him, but mm-hmm. I don't know how far that's going to But you know what? They're splintered. You know, the Republican Party yeah. is just a hot mess. They're fighting amongst each other, and the Democrats are wisely uh, sitting back, letting them do it. Uh, yeah, they're imploding. They are imploding. They really are. So, I mean, they're talking about Jim, uh, you know. Jim Jordan. Uh, Trump, yeah, to Trump endorse for Speaker of the House as a candidate. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I mean that that just says what what we just said. They imploded, got rid of their speaker, you mm-hmm. they, because of the rules. They were able to do it with one person uh, filing a motion to vacate and and seven others joining him. Just seven. That's a some that's a super super duper minority to get rid of the speaker of the house mm-hmm. because uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, 
you know, gave them that power to gain the gavel, Tina, mm-hmm. to get what he wanted, and then it came back to to bite him. You know, so who knows what they're going to do? Who who in the world knows? That, that mm-hmm. Some of them are calling it a circus in their own conference. So, mm-hmm. that none of them can get a, get along. They and that's that's their own making. You know, it's yeah. it's the, there's there's nothing anybody can say, but they did it. You know, they. Yeah. They sat and and watched and let it all go, so um, yeah. So that's uh, that's part of uh, what was uh, what Jeff was talking about. But you know, a big part of that. We'll just watch and see. We'll watch and see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they get rid of Matt Jordan. Gates, huh? Yeah, they, I don't know if they're going to get rid of Matt Gates, but mm. Jim Jordan would be. He'd be worse. Yeah. He'd be, yeah. I mean, he he has he has come against everything. Um, you know, we talk, they wanted a straight, and the president said it today when he was talking about the jobs report. Uh, you know, uh, well, he didn't say that about mm-hmm. Jim Jordan, but, but other ha- others have. But their conference, mm-hmm. which Jordan uh, agreed to, and some of the MAGA and, and the Freedom Caucus folks wanted a 30% cut across the board. Mm-hmm. That's for seniors. That's mm-hmm. for babies. That's for moms. That's for um you know, everyday working folks who depend on perhaps they have to, you know, get a little extra maybe food stamps or maybe they need a little help there. I mean, just a just slash it, and, and even workers. I mean, it would cut, except for military, they were trying to carve that out, but it would cut everything: traffic control, uh, you know, TSA workers, um, you know, the, the environmental protection, just everything. I mean, they, these people, um, no. Mm-mm. No, no, I, I just can't understand their extremism when uh, the corporations, their buddies that they support, are raking in record, record, record profits. That's just my view, Tina. Okay, well, we all have one, and it just makes sense to me. Uh, Councilman Oliver, how are you? Oh, I'm just fine. I'm just sitting up here laughing, smiling. Mm-hmm. This is Dave's program. Uh, you and Jay, that's that's a wonderful topic. Uh, Thank you. I don't like to talk about it, but about the monkey, and uh, yeah. he was referred to as he. And uh, jokingly, I, I just laughed. You know, it wasn't no big deal. But uh, there's been a lot of uh, people had uh, their pets and gotten lost, and bulls and dogs pasted all over the city about lost puppies mm-hmm. and lost kittens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lost monkey uh, to get the coverage that uh, I just... Well, it's because it's a wild-slash-exotic animal that's dangerous. It is It is in the classification of wild and dangerous animal, and so in the interest of public safety, um, I think the alarm was sounded properly. I think the proper alarm was sounded uh, to be on the alert and on the lookout because these animals can be extremely dangerous. Uh, yes, you know, yes especially. they can. I mean, and persons have... Uh, uh, pet snakes, uh, mm-hmm. anacondas, and what have you. Uh, yeah. This, in this case, this monkey. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about it. Take it up all the news. Right? Let me get to if I can. <laughs> uh, talk about the, the, the voting and lack of turnout and what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Or where I, when I say I, to my mm-hmm. person like myself, uh, made choices not to vote. That, that's a decision. Obviously, that it's not... Uh, uh, barriers in front of me. When I said me, I'm, I'm not pointing the fingers here. I say us, me. There's no barriers there to cause me not to vote. 
there's no police dogs, there's nothing like that. Uh, but yet I choose not to vote. And I want to weigh in with this. In Indianapolis, I don't know about the rest of the country, but in Indianapolis, we have elected persons by the electorate, the people, to make decisions to lead, to do things, government. In Indianapolis, we have about 25 mayors, persons that have a platform that says, uh, I represent the people. I love the people. I speak for the people. Mm-hmm. And they get sound bites from the local media because they can say things that are good sound bites. Your elected officials, which I'm one, we do things, we don't get sound bites. We just govern and try to deliver efficient services through the administration to the people. That's what the branch of government that I represent, the legislative branch, three branches of government. But the activists, and good for them, many are said they represent the people. The elected officials don't use that term. They don't use any term like that. They just vote and govern. Now, I want to translate this into perhaps why so many choose not to vote. Because we put they or we put ourselves in a class. I don't have to do anything because whatever James and Tina get, I'm going to get. Because they're fighting for the people. So I don't have to do anything. And I won't do anything. May that translate into why I choose not to vote uh, in such large numbers. It's because that message is out there that we have leaders. We have many, many leaders mm-hmm. that profess to be leaders of the people, speaking for the people, fighting, and whatever that group, individual get, I'm going to get. Because I've been identified as a member of the community, when I say I, I'm talking about many like myself, uh, my neighbors. I've been identified in a group that whatever is gotten, everyone in that group benefits. So the group, by and large, is not fighting. Just single individuals are advocating mm-hmm. uh, equity, justice, efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. Some, some good stuff. But they go under the platform that they represent the people. And they're fighting for the people. And they say, I love my people. Uh, my people are God's chosen people. I represent my people. Yeah, yeah. And that translates into, well, I don't have to do anything. I just won't vote. I, I, I still going to benefit. You follow what I'm saying, Tina? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Attitude. Yeah, and, and Councilor Oliver, that is one one part of it, I won't say that I, 
I think that it's all of it, but that that certainly could be one part of it, James. Uh, well, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's yeah. one excuse they use. I mean, they've got other priorities. You know, I mean, they yeah. we're we're trying to tune them into the news and trying to tune them into what what we we feel is important that is, uh, an issue that they should be concentrating and focusing on and learning about and listening to about. But you know, they got other things going on in their lives, and I think that's what what uh, Councilman Oliver was saying, Tina. Is that you know they're waiting, they're they're sitting back, and they're wholeheartedly endorsing us. They're endorsing, uh, you know, a, a community connection with Tina Cosby. They're endorsing the guest she has on, but you know, unless, I, frankly, that's why I was talking about 2008 with my 2008 2012 examples. Unless they you know can see tangible uh, Barack Obama out there. Oh yeah, Barack Obama. I, I'm going to the polls for sure, and then I'll get back to my life. But you know, we gotta, like you said. Keep them tuned in. Keep them focused. Keep it in front of them. Um, and and they're, they're learning. They're learning, but it's a slow process. Uh, yeah, slow process indeed. Um, you know, like I said, I just wish there was a way we could just make it automatic. You know, just like I said, a reflex instinct. You know, oh, just yeah, know, just just regular routine. That's that's what we do. You know, as opposed yeah. to every every election cycle trying to drag a, a, an anvil uphill. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it feels like a lot of times. And we got to figure out why the anvil is stuck. Yeah. You know, and uh, and how to, you know, put it, you know, how to how to make it. I, I, I don't know. We got to figure something out. Uh, but Dion is right. Voter registration does nothing if you don't go to the polls and cast your vote. You know, yeah. registering to vote doesn't do anything. Look at those folks in Iraq, you know, mm -hmm. after Saddam Hussein was deposed and you know, arrested and, and executed. I mean, what they did, I mean, it's like holding up that purple thumb or that purple finger. They had like 80, 90, you know, over 90% participation because they had been under tyranny. Mm -hmm. They had been under, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, and autocracy. They had been under military rule. Mm -hmm. And so they were so glad to get out of it. And but we we're kind of what is it you know relax or or what what's the word I'm looking for we're kind of just you know we're used to you know just just living and we're not paying attention to and I'm not saying everybody I can't put everybody in that category but many like you know you say they're they're registered but they're not voting mm -hmm. um, and so they need to pay more attention to mm -hmm. what is happening to them in the world around them yeah uh, you know and and yeah and Councilor Oliver's point is a good one in that um we're so accustomed to having it done for us in yeah. a lot of ways that we feel like we, you know, we don't need to, to do. So we got to find ways to get more people involved, too. Maybe if more people were involved, they'd have more of a uh, a stake in it, you know, feel like there was more of a, a thing. But uh, I, I would hate for us to have to go all the way to tyranny, which is what uh, the GOP seems to be marching toward. The, uh, Autocracy and a tyranny. Yeah, that's, that yeah. seems to be where they're going. Yeah, um, that's what they want. That's what they well, yeah, they think until it turns on them. That's what they yeah. think they want. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they, the reason that they're allowed to do that is because they are in a democracy. The reason that they're allowed, they would have been, right. you know, uh, they, they would have been taken care of mm -hmm. over in Russia or over in China. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, um, yeah, uh, James, we got a couple of segments coming up. We got uh, Brandon Cosby with the Flanner House in the next segment. And uh, also this uh, th- this initiative is, is pretty interesting. Um, it, I'll tell you about it um, right after. We'll, we will tell you all about it right after this. We're going to take a quick break. WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis, keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child Advocates, your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection, about to head into our second hour. Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. Uh, James, life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Uh, boy, it's kind of cloudy today, you know, or is it? Is it my imagination? Uh, cloudy. Well, it's uh, the clouds are, are streaming in. Yeah, it will. It, it will they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be taking mm. a, quite a uh, <laughs> putting a stamp on the sky in a little bit. Mm, okay. Yeah, as that front moves through, but not, but it's uh, right, right now where I am, it's I'd say uh, partly cloudy. Hardly so, clear. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, so, James, um, our next guests are from a collaboration that, at its core, um, is all about improving racial equity for African Americans and people of color in the world of business. Um, how often have we talked about that? <laughs> um, you uh, know that. Yeah. Dynamic. Really. Yeah. And they're doing it in both conventional and non-conventional ways. Here now to tell us more about business equity for Indy are Kristen Lampkin. She's the director of business equity for Indy. And Basha Coleman, senior program manager of media amplification at HubSpot, which I believe is a partner of uh, a partner in this partnership, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Kristen, uh, Basha, welcome to Community Connection. How are you? Do- how are you both doing today? Hello, thank you for having us. Well, thank you for being here. So so tell us about um, Business Equity for Indy. Yes, so this is Kristen Lampkin. I'm the Director of Business Equity for Indy. And what this is is a joint venture through <laughs> Central Indiana Corporate Partnerships, also known as CICP, and Indy Chamber with collaboration with the Indianapolis Urban League. And what we're doing is focusing on growing more inclusive business climate and building a greater equity and economic opportunity for indie regions, black residents, and people of color. Why? So, <laughs> why we were formed, right? <clears throat> so, in 2020, um, during the social unrest as a result of George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. leaders in the business community and board members of CICP and Indie Chamber 
or ask, like, what could they be doing to really advance a fairer and more inclusive future for cities and for black residents? And so BI um, became about CICP and the Indy Chamber, and again with the Indianapolis Urban League, realized that business equity for Indy could be that venture to change what was taking place here in the city from a business standpoint. Yeah. Um, one of the things to kind of talk about what BEI is, um, we have three pillars that we focus on, which is people, procurement, and policy. And so under the people pillar, we're really committed to ensuring advancing black professionals through talent development, employee support, co corporate resource sharing, and strategies. And then under the procurement pillar, we're really focusing on giving more access to several services that aim to grow business when it comes to black enterprise. And then with our policy pillar, we really are looking at taking consideration on their policies and advocating for them that are raised by our three pillars that really are focusing on trying to move the needle for black residents and people of color. So is how is it working? How, how does it all come together and how does it all get up on, on its feet and, and going? Well, we have great supportive members that are part of BEI. So these are companies in central Indiana that have said we're committed to equity. We want to see the change internally and externally. So they are engaging in those three pillars by attending our different events that take place, by providing data, and by really being committed to change, not just saying it, but really coming up with strategies and implementation and taking action when it comes to their black employees in the black community. Um, and they've done that through several different events that have taken place, like the one we're going to talk about, which was our mentor brunch. Oh, okay. Okay, James. Yeah, uh, I had a couple questions. Yes. Uh, and I like this business equity for Indy idea. Um, uh, but my first question would be, do you think what's being done now by uh, the corporate uh, uh, corporate entities in Indianapolis and Indiana to partner with, with the folks in your group and uh, the, the other groups that you, uh, that you partner with. Um, and one of them, I think, is Central Indiana Corporate Partnership uh, and the Ch Indy Chamber. Is, is there enough real, you know, say effective and real uh, assistance being given to your goal, uh, your goals, what you all are trying to accomplish by expanding opportunities for minority and other businesses? Is, is enough being done? And if not, what more could be done? Yes, I think that it's our journey, right? Um, I think that there is great work being done um, through our procurement roundtable and our people community of practice and even some of the policies that we have advocated for. Um, and what we're doing is giving them strategies and giving them best practices to help move the needle in those spaces, but there's always room to grow. Um, and so I think the good thing is that we're seeing companies become members, which our membership is free and we just launched and opened it. Um, so we're seeing companies saying we need to be the change we want to see, and we want to show that not only to our employees internally, but outward facing that this work matters and that we are committed to doing that change. Um, yeah, I, so we are not, seeing a lot of work, um, you know, from those companies being engaged. We're seeing them increase their supplier diversity when it comes to 
black business here in central Indiana. We're seeing organizations partner with black-led um, organizations that can be part of their strategy when it comes to finding and retaining black talent. So we are seeing changes in those areas. That was a very yeah. good question. Is it, is it Tina? Is it Kristen? Is that her name? Kristen. Kristen. Yes. Kristen. Mm-hmm. Kristen. Yes. Miss Lampkin. Yeah, I, I I I get all that, and I understand, and it's good. The the mentorships, the the, the partnering, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. you know, kind of the you know Tina, kind of the the nurturing and the guidance. I understand that, and yes. and to me, I mean, I, I'm just. I'm just an analyst, just just a report, an old reporter. So I'm just, I'm just kind of. I've seen this over and over in here, and they they want you to partner with them, and they want you to, you know, um, have guidance from these companies, and they want you to meet with them, and they want to to guide you through. But I mean, our businesses are strapped, and I'm I'm saying that meaning black businesses, minority businesses, brown businesses, Asian businesses, strapped for cash. They need cash. That's what. And so what is being done to give them cash? Yes. And that's definitely a fair question. So um, our procurement roundtable is a great opportunity for these black businesses to go in front of the different corporations and companies here in central Indiana and bring awareness to their business so that they, in hopes, will get an opportunity to be considered as a vendor. The other part of the great thing with procurement roundtable is that Also, these companies are coming and explaining the process, too, right? Because if you don't know what you need to do in order to get in the door, or even know that the door is available, then you won't get that opportunity. And we have seen this really be able to take place where companies learn about these organizations and then end up hiring them to actually come and be a vendor or a supplier for their organization. And so that's one of the great ways that, through BEI that we've been able to do that through our procurement roundtable. And one of the things, too, is we're asking these companies, you know, to track, like, how much of your um, supplier, of your vendors are you putting funds back into black business and giving them eight best practices to implement so that they can truly get that done and holding them accountable to doing that. Um, James, did you have a follow-up or you... Uh, no, Tina, go ahead. I mean, I, I do. I'm not going to dominate here, no. but I just, you know, I, I've been just hearing this, you know, mm-hmm, come on, mm-hmm. partner with us and let us hold your hand and let us show you business practices. But our businesses need money. That's what we need. Yes. And all mm-hmm. of the surveys show it. Ask the Urban League. Look at the Urban League net report on the national black, you know, the national black. Condition. State of black America. Yeah, yeah yes. state of black America. I mean, that's what they need. That's what our communities need. And and and, and this is not to, you know, um, besmirch or, uh, you know, belittle. That's what I'm looking for. What the Lilly Endowment did with the $100 million over five years to our community. I mean, if there were five more of that, we could probably reduced a crime rate to, to maybe 50% of what it is now. But what I'm saying is that that needs to be the next step. Uh, it, 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 what's your vision? How, how's this going to end just to help a few businesses? How do we grow our businesses to be back where they should be? Well, one of the key things um, to, for us is making sure that people understand what, again, going back to teaching these also these black-owned businesses, what they need to do to, in order to get in front of these organizations and helping them and building those relationships through the suppliers um, and as well as through um, the companies that are taking place. So 
so that people can come together and have these conversations. That's the one beautiful thing about our procurement roundtable. It's really focusing on increasing, again, like you said, the launch and growth and the success of those Black-owned enterprises. And so we're really proud that we're being able to do that. But you're right. It just can't be one entity doing this. This has to be something that is just not a BEI focus, but a focus for Central Indiana. So we completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, Basha Coleman, you're the Senior Program Manager of Media Amplification at HubSpot. Why are you involved? Yeah, so the Mentors of Color brunch is one of the events that I was involved with, and that was my personal reintroduction to the black professionals in the Indianapolis community. Um, I had moved away for a year, so I was really excited to kind of get back in the swing of things. And this program allowed me to match with three mentees. All of them are black women in different stages of marketing careers. And so what my mentees have told me is that they value um, that the event was actionable, it was tactical guidance that they could use in today's work environment. And so I've been exactly where they are. And after just a few years, I'm not too far removed to help and not too far ahead where I'm not relatable to them. And so I was really able to show one of my mentees that the type of work that she really wants to do in her career actually exists in different industries that she hadn't considered. And so through that event, she knows the types of companies that she needs to explore and what experience to lead with on her resume to get to those opportunities. And so the network we're building right now through Mentors of Color is just really special, and I can't wait to see the new generation of black professionals that can keep this cycle of mentorship going. Who, who will, or what, what demographic or what person or what, what business is going to benefit uh, the most from this particular collaboration? I mean, who, who is going to benefit the most as far as so, think, business? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Kristen. Yes, so just to come and give a little more insight on the event that she was speaking of, this was one of our first events that we partnered with Mentors of Color with. Mm. And Mentors of Color is an excellent organization. Um, the founder is from Indianapolis, um, but it is an organization that is for across the United States. And this event, we hosted a networking event and mentorship event, which was focused on 40 black young professionals, local leaders, as well as a collective of other local organizations that were really committed to advancing racial equity. And so this actually consisted of several different young professionals in the city and black leaders in the city that really want to make change and bring up the up-and-coming young black talent here. And so we have partnerships that concluded, like HubSpot, like you said, was part of a United Way of Central Indiana, Pacers Sports Entertainment, Cummins, Eli Lilly, Ascension, and St. Vincent. And we even included some of our area in the 16 tech area. We included some of our their local business owners there, and we also included some other black-owned businesses that were part of this event. And one of the things we're proud to say that one of the black-owned businesses actually hired someone from the brunch. So even that part was very much a success, knowing that someone attended this brunch, not knowing that they were going to leave with a job opportunity for a black-owned business. So tell us about the event. You, you've, you've mentioned it a few times. So when, where? Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. So this actually happened um, last month. Um, it was actually um, our first, again, event. It was a speed networking event where we had... Um, mentors and mentees that were black um, that participated. And they shared their experiences about how they've been able to be role models. They talked a little bit about 
their experiences and their careers. And we were very intentional with the matching. So we looked at people. We asked them, what are some of the soft skills that you really want to improve in? What is your industry? And we partnered them with leaders that are working in that industry or that were successful in the skills that they wanted to develop. And that was really something we're really proud of. We were intentional also of using and being utilizing some of the different local organizations in the city, like the Indianapolis Urban League, um, Young Professionals, Indie Black Professionals. And we really were intentional with those partnerships so that we could really be focused on the up-and-coming black talent that is the future to know that they have opportunities to grow their career. And even though they may be facing challenges, here are some people that can help you to be help you along your journey because we have to lift as we climb and it has to be essential. So, uh, James, I think I get what you're saying. And I think I get uh, what you're saying, Kristen. Um, They're they're different lanes, I guess, if you will. It's not necessarily that finances um, is the focus as much as it is. uh, putting together, Arguing, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Making, but it is finance um, a, a big component, though. I do agree with James, like a hundred percent, that mm-hmm. we do have to put money back into these black-owned businesses, and we have to also ensure. But I mean, financing the business to yes. get started. Oh. I yes. think that's what James was talking about. Just, oh, just starting, getting, yeah, you know, the seed money, th- uh, things to even to start a business. Is that what you were talking about, James? Yeah, and keeping it and keeping, keeping it going yeah. because. According to the Urban League report, the state of black America, that black businesses suffer, you know, they can, if they can get off the ground, they suffer because of the cash that they need when they go through downtimes or, you know, times when they can't really meet um, the, their, their payrolls or supply um, and procurement budgets. I mean, they just need the help and they can't get it from the banks. You know, we talked about this whole thing where, you know, uh, this lady was trying to sell her house and she had a white friend and he got a much higher assessment. I mean, it's that kind of thing. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, yes. they're historically um, discriminated against because of, and you just have to say it, it's because of the, the, the group that they belong to. And so, you know, that's why they need the cash underpin that other businesses enjoy of another yes. group. Yes, um, and I definitely and understand what you're saying, James, and definitely yeah. agree that this is a huge opportunity. And that's why one of the key things for us in this um, partnership with Central Indiana Corporate Partnership and Indy Chamber is making sure that we also have collaboration with the Indianapolis Urban League so we can know the opportunities and understand what is an employer's role and how they can really make a difference in the work um, that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if someone... Um Say, for instance, a business uh, owner or a budding business owner uh, or someone wants to become involved with this initiative, uh, how would they do that? Yes, we would love for them to definitely follow us on all of our channels for Business Equity for Indy. Our website is businessequityindy.com, and there you can learn about becoming part of this free membership. Again, this membership is helping organizations understand strategies, best practices and being exposed to things that they can really change their strategy within their organization when it comes to equity, um, especially focusing on black residents and people of color here in central Indiana. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Well, thank you both for for being with us. And um, again, the website, in case someone didn't didn't see it. 
it's businessequityindy.com. And also I mentioned earlier about Mentors of Color. Um, that was another organization that I highly recommend. Um, me and Basha both are mentors through them, not only for this event, but throughout 365 days a year. So I highly recommend um, going to their website as well, Mentors of Color. Okay. All right. Well, Basha, Kristen, thank you so very much, and, and good luck in, in all you do. The world of business is not an easy one. Um, yes, well, yeah. we appreciate you having us. And, again, thank you for the work you continue to do mm-hmm. in amplifying the programs and initiatives that are being done here in the city. Well, we and appreciate Thank you for you. what you're doing, thank too. You. Thank, you know, thank you for explaining that to everyone. What mm-hmm. you're doing is, is really good. It's important. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, uh, yeah, James, there's so many different lanes to um, getting a business, establishing, you know, learning how to run it. And, well, it's getting a business, establishing it, running it, uh, you know, growing it. Uh, there's just so many different levels of development. Uh, and uh, this this uh, Indy Equity, biz, I'm sorry, Business Equity for Indy um, is, is one of those, uh, you know, uh, one of those levels. Yeah, it's one of the tools. One of the Need tools. More. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my hat's off to these uh, two young ladies who are, mm-hmm. you know, doing the trailblazing work. They're trying to, you know, uh, expose as many young black entrepreneurs, and everybody's not going to work for a corporation. Mm-hmm. Some people are, are better at, you know, uh, developing and operating their own businesses, and, and, and this is a very good support tool. Uh, I just, you know, I'm sorry, Tina, that I just had to say it's just Capital, capital, capital. That is what we need more than anything in our community. Yeah, it, it really is. And 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 a, a close second is what to do with it because if we have no yeah. business savvy, business acumen, business knowledge, uh, all the capital in the world isn't going to help us to succeed because we're you know we're entering a business and don't know anything about it. So um, yeah, that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. you get get the mentorship and mm-hmm. you know get the knowledge you need and yeah. and. And then, and then the cash comes with the support. What they're doing, I think, is is, is a yeah, a, a key key, a key tool in the support. But but then again, if you don't have those finances, uh, you aren't going to go. You're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, 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 that's a part. Hey. Switching gears here a little bit, uh, the other thing, the other development this week, it was sports and news because sports is news in the state of Indiana, if you think about it, Uh, but uh, city of Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor, James, uh, back with the team. Yeah, he is. He's practicing. Um, The latest I heard was uh, the coach Shane Steichen said that we don't, we're not going to say right now. Oh, they're going to. He's going to be out there on Sunday. I I would think that he would be. He's going to play. (laughs) Oh, they just Uh, play games. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Um, As he said in his press conference, it's been more than 200 days uh, since he's been up to. up to speed and you know and in a professional NFL football game that that true but that is true but uh what a lot of folks don't know and understand about these professional athletes is they have to stay in they don't take time off they have to stay no, they have to stay uh, in, in shape in, in top shape they have to they do because that's their job so yeah. you know while it may not necessarily be game action or anything like that um I, I i can't imagine that he would let himself get too far um you know too far out of uh out of, out shape. of shape yeah too far yeah. out of shape so um I, I was talking to our, our sports contributor, Danny Bridges. Danny seems to think that he'll be used in a um, 
you know, he'll play sparingly, sparingly, moderately. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You know, just a couple of quick, yeah. quick things here and there, just to get him, get him going again. I tend to think that if if he gets it going, they're not going to stop. If he's hot, they're, gonna, <laughs> they're not going to pull him they're out. Not pull him out. <laughs> no, if, I just if feel the old that Johnson way. Taylor shows up and can, yeah, you know, it, it, it shows that mm-hmm. he can take it to the house at every, at each and every potentially carry. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Zach Moss has done an adequate job, but Mr. Zach Moss is going to be, uh, you know, be in a support. Role, I would yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But uh, so he, I, I think that once he does get up to speed and gets to playing, uh, you know, whether he stays with Indianapolis or not after this year, uh, that remains to be seen. Because um, you know he, well, he depending on depending on how he does. I mean, if he if he does, if it's the old Jonathan Taylor, why would you let him walk away? And you've got that young quarterback who has, as you said, to use your term, an, uh, a tremendous upside to him, a tremendous potential future. And you've got one of the elite running backs in the league to, to, to pair with him. Um, the defense, I don't think I've seen him play better in 10 years. Um, and so, you know, what, why would you let him walk out the door? Uh, well, I mean, that, that his contract. the same question could have been asked about why did you not extend him? Yeah. Um, because that that therein lies the problem, and um, were were feelings <clears throat> hurt that badly that they can't be repaired? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I would I would love for him to stay here. I'd love him yeah. to stay here. And we have to get our personal feelings out of the way. Yeah, we do. But the, and let's face it, the market for running backs in the NFL, as Danny has so uh, brilliantly pointed out, it's just not a hot market. It's just not. And so. Oh, okay, go ahead. Well, he's a great running back. He is a great running back, he's yeah. He's gifted, you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah. But... He sees the field well. He can accelerate. Mm-hmm. If he gets past the linebacker line, it's it's it could be over. It's a, it's a mean, wrap, it's, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, we can only hope. But um, the Colts play the Titans here at home Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, after the Colts game, uh, make plans to tune in to our debate because <laughs> that's Sunday night. Well, after the Colts game, you know, the game is starts at one. It'll be done by three thirty or four. Our debate's not until five. So, yeah, let's make it a yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, <laughs> they can't use the excuse that hey, I'm, I'm gonna check out the game. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I want to follow the debate, but because it's coming after after the time for the game is over. Absolutely. They could just tune into one of the many mm-hmm. platforms that, yeah. that Dion mentioned and you mentioned. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what the candidates have to say. 
they've been fairly, you know, from reading uh, the reason, the Hobnob, you know, that forum, that political mm-hmm. forum that, that the Chamber of Commerce hosts every year, uh, seemed pretty true to form then. Uh, and when each of them were on the show individually, again, pretty true to form. So I would suspect that uh, there won't be too much deviation, but it's going to be interesting to find out what uh, the our uh, discussion group uh, thinks and reacts to as well. So I was going to say yeah. uh, the whole uh, the whole uh, event. Your hello. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my my headset is is going down. I'm gonna have to change once we get to commercial. So okay. Call back, but well, um, I would just real quickly that your report with the likely voters is going to be most interesting because that's what people are going to do and how they're going to be swayed and they're going to let us know. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to let us know in no uncertain terms. Uh, so there we have it. Um, let's take a quick break so you can change out your headsets and we can get some okay. commercials in here and pay for the lights and we'll be back. <laughs> Brandon Cosby, executive director of the Flanner House is up next. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby uh, with our contributing analyst, James Patterson, who is uh, changing out his headsets right now, so he should be back with us shortly. Um, In the meantime, uh, last month, uh, we spoke with the executive director of the Flanner House about the exciting news uh, that the ribbon-cutting ceremony for the Morning Star um, it's being called Afrocentric uh, Wellness Center. Uh, the the ribbon cutting ceremony had taken place, or was it? I, I can't remember if it. But anyway, it was open. Okay, let's put it that way. Uh, Morning Star was open, uh, but there was a, a a lot more um, that was about to take place for the Flanner House, including uh, their signature event, um, which is coming up. Uh, I do believe a week from today, uh, their annual. Uh, fundraising gala and here with us again back with us is the executive director of the flanner house brandon cosby brandon welcome back how are you today i am doing well how are you i'm doing well have you caught your breath yet <laughs> things are things will slow down after the gala after the gala so so this gala is is a is a is it's going as all of them are big yes this one is, you know, they're all special, but this one is a little more special, celebrating 125 years. Yeah. yeah. So what do you call that? I, I, uh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, the centennial, sesquicentennial, that's it. And, you know, it may, 125 years is what you call it, I guess. So yeah. I, I don't know if there's I, a tennial. You're, you're, an ed, you're an educator. They're a tennial. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, but 125 years is, that's just amazing. That's, that's, that's a lot of service to the community. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about the service to the community is the, the growth uh, that has taken place each and every year, because I think we can honestly say that there hasn't been a year, maybe, you know, short of the COVID years where everything just had to be kind of like, um, you know, marking time, you know, kind of a standstill. But for the most part, each and every year, there has been growth growth in the positive direction for uh, for the Flanner House. It, it, it has been, you know, I've been here now just a little over seven and a half years. And, and it's, you know, when I like reflecting back over that time and and seeing, you know, the growth and the expansion of what's happened is 
it, it's pretty mind-blowing <laughs> when they kind of objectively step back and look at it. And for mm. the record, 125th anniversary is called a quasquicentennial. I knew you'd have it. Now, there you go. <laughs> quasquicentennial. Quasquicentennial. <laughs> Thank you so, so very much. Well, that is good. So tell us what's on tap. It's coming up a week from today, correct? Yes. A week from today at the Crane Bay Event Center, mm-hmm. um, we are we're really excited. Um, Citizens Energy has stepped forward as, as our as our lead sponsor uh, for the event. Um, we're going to have a national uh, recording artist and and performing artist named Austin Dean Ashford uh, will be our featured musical act. Austin was here with the uh, Naptown African American Theater Collective to do their their premiere show. Uh, his one-man show, Black Book, he will be with us uh, performing um, uh, as entertainment for the evening. Uh, there will be a reception before. There's an auction. Um, and then really what I'm most excited about is is to be able to share a video that we had put together that kind of reflects on the 125 years of our work and really what's at the essence mm-hmm. of it. Um, there's, we put together a coffee table book that will be available for folks mm. to kind of see the historical you know, the longitudinal impact and the work that we've done over the years. I'm really, really looking forward to this year. So some of the uh, accomplishments and uh, programs that you're going to be celebrating uh, this year, Morningstar obviously uh, is one of them, I'm sure. Some, Some of the others that you can share with us and tell us about. Sure. Morningstar, you know, we, we were able to cut the ribbon for this year. We did two ribbon cuttings this year. And then uh, on Juneteenth, we did the ribbon cuttings for the opening of our commercial greenhouses. Um, you know, our, our farm that's here on the campus produces about forty to 50,000 pounds of food every year. Mm-hmm. Um, our greenhouses will produce that much food every quarter. Um, so our greenhouses go into full production, um, you know, here at the end of October, and then we'll hit the ground running with that. Um, but the launching of Ujama Community Bookstore, um, you know, we opened two years ago. Um, Cleo's Bodega and Cafe, um, this area was kind of described as... The ter- I, don't, I really don't like the term food desert. I understand why people use it, but politically it bothers me. I think it it, it lets it lets the powers that be off the hook. Um, really? In what way? I'm curious. If you can well, give me your logic, I no, just explain. I, I'm curious about. Sure. That. Uh-huh. Deserts are naturally occurring phenomenon in nature. Ah. In the wealthiest country in the world, um, it is not a naturally occurring phenomenon that black and brown people in urban areas have considerable lack of access to healthy and affordable food. Mm. Um, it's not natural, and it, and it lets, you know, it's it's economically driven, it's racially driven, and it's policy driven. Um, and so, you know, to use a term like a food desert, um, is a term that gets thrown around um, that doesn't have any accountability behind it. Um, when we talk about race-based, economic, and policy-driven things that hurt black and brown people, that's called apartheid. We know it is. We've seen it. We've seen it throughout the world. And 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 food-based apartheid in our neighborhoods and communities is, is what happens. And so that's what we fight against. So the, you would rather it be called food-based apartheid. That makes It makes more sense all the way around. Yes. Okay, okay. See, I told you you were educated. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. Um, but that does make sense. And, and you know, you, when you think about a desert, uh, you're right, naturally occurring 
there's nothing natural about the fact that the um, you know the economic or all of the factors that go into uh, creating a lack of healthy food for certain areas uh, and and food choices that those are not natural. You're right; they're absolutely not natural. That's a good point. Very good point. Uh, James, are you back with us? I am back, Tina. Uh, my device says I have less than an hour, so um, hopefully it'll get us. Yeah, well, we got less than an hour. <laughs> Guess what I learned. Right. The 125th anniversary, of course, of the Flanner House is coming up next Ooh. Friday. But the name for the 125th anniversary is the Quasquicentennial. Oh, is that right? Say that again, huh? Yeah, say that twice. <laughs> Quasquicentennial. That's our word for the day. Quasquicentennial. yeah, yeah. Uh, I I asked and he told me so and that that which is always the case with Brandon Cosby whenever we talk to him so and you know I don't I don't know if you caught this but I this is a very good food for thought I mean and no pun intended but um, he objects to the use of the word food desert the term food desert uh, for a very good did you hear that for a very good uh, reason yeah I did I did uh, he, he called it food based apartheid yeah 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 uh, but certainly not a food desert. Certainly not a desert. So yeah. Well, uh, well, what, what, Mr. Cosby? What, Mr. Cosby, who's not related to Tina Cosby? What? Because <laughs> I heard that so many times. I'm like, I got that down. But. You got it down. My my cousin is not my cousin. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? I know exactly that area you're in. I know where Flanagan's is. I know north mm. near Northwest Side, Martin Luther King Corridor, Martin Luther King Street Corridor, but. What's the food situation there? Are there any other grocery stores, or why are you guys? Why did you develop this this gar, this? Uh, I think it's like a garden you've got, and then you've got the bodega there. That's yeah, community gardens and bodega. Yeah. Yeah. So tell yeah, us about it, that situation. It, it's a full production farm. You know what? I, and I explain to people like gardening is what you can do for a hobby. Um, what we, what we do? I mean, our our farm produces forty to fifty thousand pounds of food a year. I mean, it is it's a full scale agriculture production recognized by the USDA as a black farm. Okay, so how how much how much is the um food-based apartheid how widespread is that in your area well it, it, it i mean it's not just in in this area i mean it is it is with frightening accuracy that you can look at any urban center across the country where there are high concentrations of black and brown folks it's it's in every city uh it's in every predominantly black or brown neighborhood in every urban area and and that's that's really one of the things that when I when I came here seven and a half years ago, there had been a lot of fuss and 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 consternation about the closure of the double eight stores. But folks in the neighborhood really knew better than to shop at those stores anyway. You went there as a last resort yeah. um, because the quality of what was available there uh, was and highly the suspect, and the price. And so we really. Um, leaned into it of, of trying to, you know, the initial conversations of trying to attract a developer and a store operator. And some of the people that came to the neighborhood and the association meetings um, were very rude and insulting to the neighbors when one resident asked if they would be willing to put, make sure that organic produce was available in the store. He looked at her and he said, well, you need to understand beggars can't be choosers. And uh, I threw him out of the meeting. And, good, uh, yeah. good for you, Brandon. 
That's what a Cosby would do. (laughs) Right. It was the most Cosby thing. I will tell you what I said. That's a Cosby thing right there. (laughs) He's not telling us what he really said. That's also a Cosby thing. (laughs) Not telling what you really think. And and I just looked at the people in the room that night, and I said, you know what? We'll just do it ourselves. And and that was what really kind of led to the creation of Cleo's and yeah. and the introduction of a bodega as the model of a store yeah. in in a moderate to low income neighborhood that mm-hmm. you don't need a tremendous amount of square footage in order to be able to provide access to healthy and affordable food options. Absolutely. So yeah. combined. How, how big farm, is the farm that you're working on, and what kind of produce are you going to grow? I I might have missed that. You might have already told Tina. Sure. The, the, far, the farms now, we are, we are wrapping up our seventh year of production, and we grow everything from tomatoes to okra, eggplant, uh, watermelon, beans. Ooh, eggplant. We, grow, oh, um, we, I mean, sweet corn. Uh, we grow everything. Yeah. And, uh, and it doubles as a 2.3 acres. Mm. And it doubles as a crime prevention program. So we take young men and women who've been kicked out or pushed out or dropped out of school between 16 to 24 years of age, and we get them re-enrolled in a GED or a high school equivalency program that we do in partnership with Marion University. And then the young people learn everything about urban agriculture from cultivation to harvest to distribution. So they sell what we grow directly in Clio's, but we also sell at a farmer's market and we sell to a couple of other stores and a few restaurants. Wow. Wow. So, uh, again, in in talking about the 125th um, anniversary celebration uh, that's coming up a week from uh, today, um, so many accomplishments of late to celebrate. But as as I was saying, James, before you came back, uh, with each and every year, uh, there's been growth uh, with that uh, community center, uh, the services and things of that nature. I'm not quite sure how you're going to get through all of them uh, in uh, in the course of an evening, uh, Brandon. But some of the highlights you've you've shared with us already. Uh, here here's the other thing: uh, the future you know, going forward, or, or if, if there's any other programs you want to highlight, by all means, please do, because we haven't even talked about uh, the children, early childhood education and things of that nature. But uh, but going forward, some of the goals, because a lot of those things are shared at uh, big events like this as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, my, my board chair has threatened my life about how quickly I need to get through celebrating everything. <laughs> um, you know, we, we also launched our, our kindergarten this year. So mm-hmm. we, we've, our early childhood education program is always, we start with infants at six months old and it goes through preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we added kindergarten this year. And, you know, we're a level four nationally accredited past the quality center. Um, mm-hmm. All of our babies re- are reading when they leave us and go on to uh, their surrounding schools in the area. Um, and then really kind of looking to the future, I mean, there, there are quite, <laughs> there are quite a, big, a few big things that, that we have coming up with that we, we may be talking about what Planner House's expansion and growth is going to look like in terms of facilities. Um, there will probably be a conversation that I'll get to share with folks about um, the redevelopment of the Martin Luther King corridor from here to 30th Street, where we're going to tackle uh, affordable housing and uh, 
tackle the revitalization of Martin Luther King as an actual economic corridor and hub for the black community and, and, and what role we will play in being able to make sure that that happens. Well, those are adventurous mm. goals. I mean, a lot of people mm. don't even know, Mr. Cosby, and tell them about it. That actual original site was laid out by, sur- by surveyor, was it Booker T. Washington? Uh, who was it that laid that out? Uh, Booker T. Washington actually created the program design for Flanner House. Um, yeah. Uh, Frank, yeah. Frank Flanner, who um, his great-nephew Bruce Buchanan, um, who still is the CEO of Flanner Buchanan Funeral Homes, um, uh, Frank and his wife donated the money and the land to start the organization, and then they, they actually hired Booker T. Washington um, to come to Indianapolis and work with them to create the program structure that really centered on creating a programmatic plan um, to help black folks become self-reliant and self-sufficient and self-determined. Yeah, and you're doing a good job at, I mean, tackling the, um, you know, housing crisis. We all know it's a crisis, the food crisis, uh, which, you, which you're doing with your farm, but the housing crisis, I mean, there, there's money available, not enough, and it's it's not um, ex- enough accessible uh, to black and brown communities. But there, there's money available through the infrastructure bill, through the uh, deficit Re- reduction act, to develop um, housing in in, in uh, underserved areas. And I hope to God that you are able to to, to access some of it. We we are. I mean, and, and that that's been the beautiful thing about the work that I get to do. And and you know, I've had some people you know congratulate me on being so creative. And I've had to explain to them that uh, in the time that I've been here, there's nothing that Flanner House has done in the last seven years that has not already been in our history in the last 125 years. Oh wow. So I, I haven't come here to do anything new, um, but I have been reaching back into the past and pulling things forward that we had historically gotten away from. Um, our housing program, um, Joyce and John Moore, and John Moore, his father, Albert Moore, was the architect of the agriculture program at Flanner House. Um, uh, Sarah uh, Blackburn. Kimbrough, um, the daughter of Dr. Cleo Blackburn, um, who really kind of sat me down and talked me through. She, Dr. Blackburn was the CEO here for 40 years, and for 20 years, she was his personal assistant. So getting to sit with her and, and to get schooled on, on the organizational uh, historical practice and philosophy really um, informed and helped shape the direction that that I kind of viewed that the organization needed to go by getting us back to some of the things that we had historically gotten away from. Wow, wow. So, um, the the uh, I, I get I hate I, I don't want to say it's is it's not sold out yet, is it or is it sold out the event? <laughs> we we added more tables this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. The event is, the event is bigger. We are not we are not sold out. There there are still uh, seats and tickets available, um, and and we would love you know to have a bigger crowd with us to kind of join us and celebrate. Like we, mm-hmm. it's 
to be able to say, you know, the oldest black organization in the entire state um, is turning 125 years old and, and the volume of work and the impact that we have had on, on being able to help support and stabilize the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a party and a celebration everybody should be a part of. Yeah. So, Brandon, what, what about you? What, uh, what, what makes you the happiest about being where you are and doing what you do every day? The, the happiest for me is 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 watching our preschoolers and, mm. and our little ones mm-hmm. grow up and get to be around black professionals in this building uh, for those kids to when they go outside and the, our farm wraps around the playground so our kids play outside seeing food growing around them every day and see it as completely normal um, that most of the food that we grow is actually started from seed by our toddlers and our preschoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, when, oh, that's great. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. When we see people walk into the bookstore and are so deeply moved that they burst into tears because they didn't know that a black bookstore focused on every aspect of the African diaspora was available and open to them every day. Mm. Um the meetings that I see happening at Clio's and the conversations that that when the very first year when I came here in our seniors program, there was a wonderful woman um, who has since passed away. Um, her name was Miss Craig, and we had a picture of from from many many years ago of a group of black girls in a ballet class that was offered at Flanner House historically. Mm. And one of the little girls in the picture was Miss Craig, who was in her 90s. Oh, my. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember sitting with her and t- her telling me the stories about how people would come to Flanner House and how they would have dances here. And there were all kinds of other social activities. And she grabbed my hand and she said, honey, she said, I remember a time when people used to come here for more than when something was wrong. And if you could do something about that, I would appreciate it. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And and that that I think about her and that advice every single day when I pull onto this campus. And so um, that's what we really try to do is to we're always going to be in the business of doing crisis intervention and workforce mm-hmm. development and, and those kinds of things. But um, the other part of, you know, the recognition and the celebration of our community is that, you know, our communities and our neighborhoods and our gathering spaces are places of joy. And that needs to be part of the conversation that I don't think we hold up enough. Yeah. Well, well, it was certainly will be joyous um, on uh, Friday, October the 13th at Crane Bay Event Center. And um, again, Brandon, I, I, I chuckle because usually at this point of the conversation each year when we talk about uh, the uh, annual fundraising gala it's it's a wrap because everything is sold out so it's not a wrap there is still an opportunity to become a part of that so how can people uh become a part of the the event where they need to go and what do they need to do um, they can actually they can buy their tickets online um, if they go to our website at flannerhouse.org um, mm-hmm. or if they go to our any of our Facebook uh, or social media pages, either for Clio's or for Flanner House or for Ujama or for Morningstar, uh, the link to the gala is posted on all of those pages through Eventbrite, um, and they can 
purchase individual tickets or uh, buy a whole table um, if they if they so feel so moved or if the organization that they are a part of mm-hmm. um, that we're, we, we're still doing whole table sales as well okay all right well congratulations um, yeah. and I, James what was the word again uh, yeah. <laughs> who drinks apartheid? Or oh no, I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's quasi, you took the easy way up. Quasi sesquicentennial? Am I close or quasquicentennial? Quasquicentennial. Okay, Is that right, Brandon? Quasquicentennial. Quasquicentennial. Yeah, got it. I'm I'm never gonna forget it. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Cosby, executive director of the Flanner House. Congratulations and uh, much continued success. Thank you and uh, good luck with the event next Keep week. Keep on doing what you're doing. doing. What you do, Mr. Cosby. Thank you so much for Indeed. having me. All righty, thank you. Okay. And uh, James. Uh, Boy, talking about it's a wrap. We are <laughs> we're at the end. It always yeah. goes so fast on Fridays. It always. I know. But I, I'm I'm so very happy for uh, the Flanner House because of yeah. all they do and all they're about to do, uh, and um, the the 125th quasquicentennial anniversary <laughs> coming up uh, next Friday at Crane Bay. Have you ever been over to Crane Bay? Event Center. Crane Bay. Event Center. Uh, yeah, the Event Center. It's a beautiful facility. Very, very nice. Uh, Lovely. Uh, where's it at? Uh, it's kind of west of, uh, just a little bit west of downtown, not too far from uh, Lucas Oil. Uh, back up uh-huh. in there, you know, in that. Okay, okay. In that redeveloped area. I've been area. to 16 TAC, but I, I haven't. Oh, been no, no, no. It's not. Not quite not there. Over by a, little the further, yeah. a little further south, I think. South. A little okay. Further, yeah, south. again, closer to. Um, Lucas Oil, I do believe. Uh, but anyway, in fact, I think that was the last time I saw Brandon in person was at that play, at the uh, event center because I was at the um, one of the Urban League's uh, annual event. But anyway, it's a, it's a gorgeous place, lovely facility, um, so a lot of, lot of fun. And too. when's that going to be, Tina? Next Friday, October the Next 13th. Friday. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you guys got, got all this activity with the mayoral oh, debate. Yeah, the mayoral yeah. debate, yes. Yes, it, we're about to uh, we're we're about to put a, a bow on it. Um, well, no, we won't. No, we won't. Not until that day. But we yeah, we've knocked out about ninety percent of it. Ninety yeah. percent of uh, all of the pre all the preparations for it. And now we just got to hit the button and it's a go. So and um, five o'clock Sunday, right? Five o'clock Sunday across all of our every screen you can think of that uh, uh, that WTLC AM, WTC, WTLC FM, uh, and one hundred point nine. Hot 100.9, every screen that you can think of for us, the recorder, uh, it's going to be broadcast right here, you know, radio. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be a great, uh, it's just going to be a great yeah. opportunity and, 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 to get involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because of the the weather, it's going to cool down a bit and it'll be clouds in and out. Mm-hmm. It's a great day to stay in and, yeah, and curl up and watch radio. It. Yeah. yeah, watch the, the game. Watch and then, it. You, and you can, yeah. yeah, like I said, you can watch it. It'll be streamed, you know, like I said, across all of our uh, websites, it'll be streamed. Uh, the recorder's website, you know, Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook, um, all of those, it'll be streamed. And then if you just want to listen, of course, um, AM 1310, 95.1 FM, WTLC 106.7 FM, and Hot 100.9. Uh, so uh, you can listen, you can watch, you can do both uh, and uh, hear what the candidates uh, have to say for 60 minutes straight. Uh, Shreve and Hogshead are going to be going back and forth, and so we're looking forward to that. Um, 
Cameron Riddle and Oshia Boyd will be handling the debate. Um, I'll handle the uh, the debate, the post debate discussion, if you will. Would love to call it a focus group, but I can't. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, so well, some, somewhat of a round, somewhat of a roundtable discussion with uh, a group of likely voters, Democrats, Republicans, yeah. and Independents, and so it goes. But um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to hear what they have to say as well, because you never know how people respond or react until you you talk to them right after an event like that. So yeah. hopefully we'll get a slice of, uh, you know, we'll get a slice of what it's all about. And something yeah. to talk about next week, you know. And Definitely. As far as to, yeah. today, we've got the sunshine right now. As you mentioned, the clouds are streaming in. We're up to 68 degrees, Tina. Oh, we are? Up towards seven. Okay. We are up to 68. And But we've got a cold front pushing down. So people who go out to activities tonight, shopping, you know, games, uh, whatever they do, um, take a light jacket or a, mm. a sweater because uh, after about 7 p.m., you'll, you'll feel that chill in the air as that second front drops through. And by the way, I got a push alert while you were, we were talking to Mr. Cosby. Now, you remember you guys talked about the other day the woman taken into custody after she filmed a Lawrence police officer? Mm. Well, I don't know if this is the same thing, you know, because she was within the 25-foot law, the, the law the legislature passed. But the prosecutor, I got a push alert saying the prosecutor, if that was our county, he is not going to charge her. So I just thought I'd mention that. Well, uh, but there's also going to be action taken by uh, some newspapers. I think the media and some other folks are going to challenge that in court. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, so, and also the UAW is not going to be expanding its strike. Uh, apparently they're making progress, so that's uh, that might be winding down. Got that push alert as well. So, all the news you can all the news you can use and then some. Hey, that's all the time we have for right now. We gotta get out of here. Sky is playing the music. That means goodbye. Uh so James, thank you for being here with us. We'll be back on Monday. Don't forget to catch the debate Sunday, five o'clock. Thanks everyone for being a part of our show. James, thank you. My pleasure. I'm Tina Cosby and this is Community Connection.